Well, hey there. Well, hello. What a delight it is to hear from you. This. <laughs> I believe we're in, in record time. We're recording podcasts within a week of one another. Do you think that this sees uh, an uptick in sponsorship? It might. I still haven't seen a dime from uh, people at Fancy Feast, mostly because that's a class action suit. But Well, and the fact that you insult them every week. That may be the whole, the whole reason that we're not seeing those checks pouring in. Maybe we can get a sponsorship from the good people that make the Varian Soft Pretzels at Kauffman Stadium in Kansas City. Kansas City. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that. I feel like we might have a thing or two to say about Kansas City this evening. We do. This evening inside the Nexus, we'll be revisiting our trip uh, two weeks ago to Coffin Stadium in Kansas City, Missouri. So I think that as, as we begin to discuss this and as we enter the Nexus tonight, I think, you know, you, you created a, a fabulous uh, uh, itinerary for us this evening, and I'm looking forward to diving right in. But what I would like to do before we even do that is, okay, is to remind our listeners that the meeting that transpired during that final week of June 2023 over an epic four-and-a-half-day period, give or take, uh, was the first face-to-face reunion between the two of us since 1992. I, I think you're right. And that, uh, you know, where we were like physically in the same location. <laughs> right. 31 uh, years. And yes. And so I think that before we go into the itinerary, I think it's incumbent upon us to, for the sake of posterity, how does that reunion compare? What's another historical event that you would say that, that that's equal to? I would just like to remind our listeners, that means the last time we saw each other, George Bush was president. Not yes. George W. Bush. That's correct. George Herbert Walker Bush. That is correct, yes. was still president of the United States, and Bill Clinton was just the governor of Arkansas. And he was, he was just beginning to be talked about with serious consideration regarding the 92 election. You think so, so? Was it that was it that early in '92? So I remember there being on Time or Newsweek or one of those uh, magazines. You know, magazines were still a big thing then. That said, is Bill Clinton for real? They were beginning to really consider whether his candidacy was was uh, you know was going to be. Uh, uh, have any kind of impact, you know, based on the, the rest of the democratic field at that point in time. So, yeah, uh, not only that, um, I think that, uh, Saturn as a car manufacturer was an up and coming company (laughs) (laughs) and is now a company that no longer exists. right Right at the beginning when we met each other, uh, we actually met each other in June of 91, 
that was the, the very beginning of the Braves turning things around as a baseball team. The beginning yeah. of my Braves fandom was it was the very beginning of their turnaround from sad sack franchise to to major league juggernaut. I also believe that that was a, just about the conclusion of George Brett's career. That, that sounds about right. Does that that, that that seem right? So uh, lots of lots of varies, but you I feel like we're dodging the the more important question here. In, in, you know, given, given, you know, one of the things that we did that we'll get into, and I don't want to uh, overplay our hand too quickly, was that while we were in Kansas City, uh, Steve and I took a little excursion to Independence, Missouri. And, and we're going to say, by the way, we're going to say Missouri the whole time. And <laughs> I'll as, never as, recognize as, Missouri. As, as, as a nod to Abe Simpson. But, we took a trip to Independence, Missouri, and visited both the home and the presidential library of none other than Harry S. Truman. So that being said, what other historical event would you say you would, you would uh, compare our reunion after 31-plus years? What would, you, what would you say that's, uh, is, is a good historical event to compare that to? Huh. Uh, maybe, uh, let's see here. Maybe the, uh, the force awakens in 2015. Wow. Okay. So I was going to go with, uh, the, uh, the 1944 conference at Yalta between Churchill, Stalin and Roosevelt. Oh, I, th- I thought it had to be like in, in the range from 92 no, until. No, no, no. It had to be in the range of. All of the history of time. Well, I, I'm going to go with the uh, the it was the hardly smooth tariff act that I've mentioned previously. <laughs> which, which, also, listeners, Steve really doesn't know what that is. <laughs> he just yes, likes I, to say it. Yes, I do. Why don't you explain to our listeners what it is? I know what it is. I don't know if you do. <laughs> I'm not falling into that into that trap. So, okay, so the <laughs> Smoot-Hawley Tariff Act and the conference at Yalta and the Force Awakens all combined those things, which I feel like is a pretty pitiful uh, example there of how epic this reunion was. But uh, there was an awkward embrace in the airport, uh, <laughs> and, you know, we'll, just, we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. So I, I didn't feel like it was an awkward embrace. No, it wasn't. It wasn't even remotely awkward. But it was an embrace nonetheless. That part at least is true. So, okay. Well, how about you guide us through what I believe are, is uh, our excellent production notes for this evening, and uh, let's see let's see what we uncover. All right. So we visited Kauffman Stadium in Kansas City on June twenty seventh. 28th and 29th. We during that time we saw three games between the Cleveland Indians and the Kansas City Royals, um, which Cleveland took two of those three games. Uh, we'll get to um, kind of save uh, the third game. Definitely was the most interesting. We'll save that one for the the end of the podcast. Um, during that time, we did visit. We did take a side trip to Independence to see the Harry S. Truman Museum or library. We saw the Negro League Museum in Kansas City. Um, 
and we also took a tour of Kauffman Stadium. So we were quite active, and we'd like to thank the good folks at the uh, Stony Creek Hotel and Conference Center for their fine accommodations. Yes, they really were excellent accommodations. I, I couldn't have been more pleased. We would also uh, like to thank uh, the uh, various uh, Uber drivers who took us from place to place. So uh, big shout out to Uber. We think the work that you're doing is excellent, much better than the work that they are doing at Fancy Feast. Right. Also, shout out to Billy Joel for uh, at least five times hearing Downward Eastward Alexa yes. in the lobby of the Stony Creek. So we, we, we're going to go ahead and cover that because I think that's something we could easily forget later. So Steve and I noticed throughout our stay at Stony Creek that we continuously were hearing what turned out to be Billy Joel's Greatest Hits Volume 3. And the... The reason we kept hearing it is because there was a player piano in the lobby that evidently staff at Stony Creek thought to check into to see what that piano was doing. And for most of our trip, we believed that this music was simply being piped in through like a, uh, an overhead music system, uh, a Muzak, if you would. But it turns out that it was all coming from this player piano that sat in the lobby right next to the entryway to where we would go in and have breakfast or make our coffee at the 24-hour coffee stand, which another shout-out to Stony Creek for yeah. having such a thing. It was an excellent coffee, except for one time it was out, uh, generally a very fine coffee station. Yes, yes. Uh, we'd also like to give a shout-out to the... Uh, and I'm sure you remember the name, but I'm just going to say the Mexican restaurant next door to the hotel. Uh, great experience there. Uh, we hope Was that, it Los uh, Cabos? Was that it? I believe that sounds right. We're going to go with that. We're going to go with that. That was good, and it's pretty cheap, too. Uh, yes. We yeah. enjoyed the, uh, the guacamole there. Yes, we did. Excellent guacamole. Uh, also, I believe it was during Although that... You, you, you did accuse me of not eating my share of the guacamole, which I felt was unfounded. <laughs> well, you know, what am I going to do? What am I going to do about that? I, I, I can't take it back at this point. And now everybody knows about the awkward moment where there was some dispute over who consumed what amount of guacamole. And I, I, I can't walk that back. So, you know, we'll just we'll leave it as it is. And, and that awkwardness can hang over the rest of the, the podcast now. So. Well, let's head, let's head back to Kauffman Stadium here. Okay, let's do. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about our first impressions. We saw Kauffman Stadium. Kauffman Stadium is not located in downtown Kansas City. And neither is Arrowhead Stadium. They are located in a large open space um, southeast of Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Um, the ample parking. Uh, I would say pretty far from downtown Kansas City, and we can get into that a little bit. Although I, I don't think that detracts at all from from Kauffman Stadium. Uh, what was the, what were your first impressions from the interstate, uh, Scott? When you looked over there, it looked we were heading south. You looked to your right. What do you see? You see a giant uh, backside of of of. Uh, uh, it's almost monumental 
uh, in its appearance. It it turns out, and and I didn't know this. Perhaps you knew this before uh, we we actually saw it, but it was the backside of the jumbotron or what they used to the the, the giant scoreboard. Uh, it is crown shaped, you know. Uh, or the, the the royal aspect of the Kansas City Royals, and it has the big KC logo along with uh, the World Championships from 1985 and 2015 emblazoned on the uh, right there uh, as you're passing by, and you can see all this from the interstate. And it's, I mean, I guess it's close, but it's not ridiculously close, but it's still very massive, uh, so massive that it almost entirely obscures Arrowhead Stadium, which is, which shares a parking lot and is directly behind Kauffman Stadium. Your thoughts? Uh, I thought it was pretty cool. It, it actually looks, because it's so big, it almost looks like the stadium is on top of the interstate. Yes. But when you're actually yeah. in the stadium, you realize that's a great distance away, but it really is an impressive looking mm-hmm. um Impressive looking view as you drive by because you're looking. You can't see the field, but you can see the stadium, the seats behind home plate, and they mm-hmm. go the baselines. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I don't know for whatever reason. Um, baseball stadiums always, to me, have more of appeal than the football stadium. Um, mm-hmm. Well, Hourhead is right there, um, and is considered one of the best stadiums in the NFL. And I didn't, I didn't feel any great. Uh, Great, I don't know. I didn't feel this like magnet drawing me to Arrowhead Stadium, but with Kaufman, you do feel that. You feel like you when you pass it, you you want to see more of it because uh, it looks like an exciting place to see to see baseball. Agreed. I like, and I, I, I was, I'm I'm sorry to interrupt there, but I I feel like you know we we touched on this a little bit during our Why We Love Baseball podcast. If you haven't listened to that, please take a take a turn and and give that one a whirl. Think uh think you'll enjoy your time. And we uh. We rib fancy feast a little bit more in that one as well. So, <laughs> sooner or later, this this is going to come back to haunt us. But <laughs> so I was thinking about this. There there aren't many teams. Um, looking at you know the Royals advertising, they won the World Series twice and mm-hmm. in '85 and in 2015. But they also won the American League pennant in '80, and they won the pennant in. Uh, 80 or in 2014, they mm-hmm. lost the Giants. Mm-hmm. There aren't many teams. That's four times the World Series over the course of 40 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a pretty short list of teams. Because as far as I can tell, that would be the Yankees that have been at least four times. Mm-hmm. The Yankees, the Cardinals, the Phillies, shockingly, who have been like five times. Um, Atlanta, Boston. I think San Francisco, San Francisco will count four because of 89. Yeah. Um, Houston, um, Houston may be at three. The though. Dodgers, the Dodgers, and Kansas City. Who, who, who am I missing? Anybody? Actually, can't. Houston may only be three, right? Houston, see, they lost one to the Nationals. They how far two. are you going back? To eighty. Would the A's have the done a- four? A's three? Three. Okay. Um, Twins two. They won two champion. No, I'm not just going for championships. Um, the actual World Series appearance is four in 40 years, which uh, that's what that's 10 percent of the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because, it, it, you know, you wouldn't include the Reds there because the big red machine was 70s. Right. Uh, I, I can't. 
I can't think of anybody else off the top of my head. I'm I'm rifling through the T Tigers maybe twice. Um, Blue Jays twice, Marlins yeah. twice. Yeah, that's so, that's that that's it. I mean, it's a short list. I mean, what was that? About six or seven teams. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I think it's I think it's actually eight. I think Houston's mm -hmm. been three times. No, Houston's been at least four. Because I forgot about that, their loss to um, the White Sox. So yeah, it's a list. It's a list of nine teams. Okay. Which uh, and, and Kansas City is on the list. So I think that's that's pretty impressive. I think it's yeah. they've had more success. They, there seems to be long stretches of um, lack of success or, or constant rebuilding because of the market they're in. Right. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, and, but and I think I think we I think that's something that we can get into a little bit a little bit further down the the line with the production notes because we we need we do need to talk we I do believe we are planning on talking about the fans, uh, yeah, and 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 the and I think included in that even though you didn't have that in there is just uh, the the I don't know the view of the the city or the location as a whole regarding the Royals. And and what that all looks like. So so yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get to that momentarily, I imagine. All right, so let's talk about um, not so much our experiences with rideshare, like in terms of the actual rides with Uber, but um, it it seemed except for <laughs> except for one driver who didn't seem to know where to drop us off. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Uh, if you're going to Kauffman Stadium or using rideshare, it's pretty simple. You just have your driver put on their hazards. They can take you right up there to the front of the park and drop you off. Um, there seems to be plenty of parking at Kauffman mm -hmm. Stadium, um, mm -hmm. which I think is really nice. Which, you know, when we get into the future, what's next for the Royals? I'll come back to that. I like the Kauffman and I like that um, uh, Arrowhead, much like in Philadelphia, the stadiums are surrounded by parking. Um, and I felt that it was was there wasn't a far walk to get into the stadium. Um, the only mistake that we made was that the first game we went to, uh, game was over about nine. It was about six hundred degrees outside, and uh, we we didn't really understand where to go to get a ride, and we didn't click on we need a ride until we got to that location. Yes, which made us uh, wait for some extra time. But yes, uh, otherwise it really wasn't a big issue. Yeah, we we had we had no 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 worries whatsoever. Uh, the second game, so so we had, we we observed two close games uh, on either side of a blowout, and uh, so you know we we didn't have any kind of trouble uh, getting rides after the other two games because the blowout we left, I think we left in the eighth inning maybe. And yeah, I think it was the yeah the top of the eighth we left. We stayed. Yeah. We, we the other two games, uh, the night game on Tuesday, we stayed to the end of the game, and the day game on Thursday, we stayed until the end. Yes, and the day game, it was just so stinking hot, and there were so <laughs> few people there that we really didn't have any trouble getting a getting a ride then. But that uh, that first game was a close game, and uh, so most everybody stayed until the end, and. Uh, so let's talk about our, our seats. So in the in the first game we sat in the uh, Scott selected the seats did a great job. The first game we sat on the um, the lower I said lower side of the first baseline. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. 
Yeah. Second second game, we were uh, basically the opposite in the third base side, right? Yep. Yep. And in the third game, the game we were we we're really behind home plate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't know that there's and and part of that third game because it was so hot, we ended up sitting in the upper deck. Um, because it was because nicely it was, shielded from the sun. Yes. Exactly, but I no, there, I don't know that there's a bad seat in Coffin Stadium. It's just the way it's the, the sight lines are great. The sight lines are not only great from your seat. There, if you're standing on the concourse, you can see everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I really liked, uh, especially liked how when we sat in the lower level. They have what they call the concession cave. Yes, where you basically went into a, an air conditioned undercover area. They had mm-hmm. the concession stands in the restrooms, which I thought was great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was nice and cool. They had they had the uh, uh, the Royals home announcers uh, piped in through the overhead. Plus, the games were on several tele. The game was on several televisions. Yeah, it seemed like everywhere you went, you could. And I know mm-hmm. that most stadiums have that, but especially this one, it was there was nowhere where you were where you couldn't see the game, whether it was yeah. a direct sight line or there was a TV mm-hmm. somewhere. Yeah, you know, ex- except for in the bathrooms. Um, but I thought and- the. And I, I would also say, you know, sitting even when uh, on that last game when we went up into the upper deck because it was so hot, those seats were fantastic too. Yeah, uh, they, they were we, they were great seats. In fact, uh, uh, Scott had a uh, um, tell us about what happened in the upper deck there, Scott. Well, so it was the last batter of the game, and the last I believe ball, it was the second to last pitch. It was. Uh, I, I don't know. There may have been a ball thrown in between, but on the second to the last pitch, because the last pitch was hit for a, a double in extra That's innings. Right. And uh, so I think the pitch right before that, the ball was fouled back and we were sitting in the upper deck and there was almost no one around. And the ball landed just a few rows down in front of us and there was nobody nearby. So this I was able ex- to take an extended hike. <laughs> So I was able to stroll down and grab myself a foul ball. It was awesome. So uh, that was that was that was a really neat way to end the end the time there. Of course, and then the, the as I say, either the next pitch or the pitch right after that was the was the double that ended the game in extra innings. So and one and one of the cool things we saw in the game was uh, it was the first time I'd seen the steal of home in person by Cleveland. Yes. In the yes. top of the tenth, which was actually really cool to see that, which we certainly thought spelled doom for Kansas City because they had been batting terribly. Right. I mean, if you add up the score of the entire series, if you add up the runs, was nineteen to six, Cleveland. Yes. Um, the the first and, two games, we witnessed Kansas City score one run, and and I believe Steve, correct me if I'm wrong. But that first game, they didn't score that one run until the uh, bottom of the eighth inning. I think you're right. And then Cleveland hung two in the top of the ninth off of the off the Royals' closer. Yep. Was it Chapman? Uh, it's the no, no. Chapman was not closing. It's that uh, uh, what's his name? His first name Scott. Uh, He's he's got the Randy Johnson type hair, hmm. uh, and I can't remember his last name. What did you say his name was, Mister Johnson? <laughs> Mister Johnson, sir. 
No, it's not. Um... So we could agree that, and also there was a. Um, we watched part of the game. We ate lunch. I still don't know what it's called. It was like a little brewery area they had where we, we had lunch and watched part of the day game. And then several times we stood in the outfield behind the fountains, which is our next topic. And we just watched some of the games from there. Yes. Um, I think the fountains in Kansas City are actually way more impressive in person than, than they look on TV. Um, same thing with the school board. That scoreboard is so big. And just so cool. I mean, I took like 800 pictures of it. Um, but it was just, it was so big, so colorful. And the fountains were great. It just, well, it looks so unique. Like you knew you're, you knew you were in Kansas City. You know, one of the gripes I say about like, if you, if you go to, to Nationals Park in, in DC, mm-hmm. and if you turn off all the, all the lights and electricity, would you know you're at the Nationals Ballpark? by anything in there that even has the Nationals logo on it permanently? Probably not. But yeah. but you know, but just by the shape of the scoreboard, it's the Royals logo. You know, right. the, the fountains, you know you're in Kansas yeah. City. Yeah. I thought the fountains were cooler than the Bellagio fountains. Yeah. yeah. I've seen both. I've, I've stood there in front of the fountains in, in Las Vegas, and I've stood there behind the fountains in Kansas City at Kauffman, and if you ask me tomorrow which one would I'd rather see, it would be the ones in Kansas City. Yeah. 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 I, 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 it, it, you really can't – obviously watching it on TV doesn't do it justice. Like I imagine – you know, I've always thought it was really cool. Uh, and, and, you know, I don't obviously don't get to watch a lot of uh, San Francisco Giants games being here on the East Coast. And I don't have the MLB package. So, you know, th- those games are few and far between. But I, I always when the All-Star game was played there a few years back and uh, the home run derby was taking place and they're just drilling those drilling the balls out into the cove and people are paddling around to grab the home run balls. I, you know, that's got to be a pretty cool thing to see in real life. So you're compare... saying they should rent they should rent kayaks at Kauffman Stadium and people could pedal around the fountains? Yes, that's exactly where I was going with that. How did you know? Yeah, this makes sense. Yeah. Well, okay. Okay. So anyway, I uh uh the um the restaurant I believe at the K as by the way, as they call it, the K, we we, right. we should have said that is the Diamond Club. I believe. Oh, is that this is where it? we ate the Diamond Club? No, 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 no. Diamond Club's the one we couldn't go. That's that's the one that's got the uh, that comes in right across from the um, the gift shop, the team oh, shop. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. No, so it was uh, craft, craft and draft. Does that sound that's, right? That sounds right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I craft had, and you, draft. You is had where your we uh, got... your Korean corn dog. Yes, I had my some Korean corn dog, which was outstanding. Yeah, I had some uh, ahi tuna tacos that were really good. Yeah, yeah, we had. We, you said we, I ate them so fast you didn't see them. I didn't. I really didn't even have a chance to notice what it was that you were eating, and uh, that was also a time of tension in our eating because I felt like, unlike the guacamole, you overserved yourself on the uh, pork rinds. <laughs> Those pork rinds are really good. They were good. They were outstanding. So, yes, so great food experiences at call at the K. 
Um, now that was, we did, that was with the, with the Korean corn dog and the ahi tuna tacos and the pork skins. That was our fancy lunch, our fancy meal at the K day. The rest of the time, Steve, tell them what we had. Well, we enjoyed some, uh, pretzels. We, uh, we learned, uh, the, there's the fancy Bavarian pretzel, which is like $10. It comes with like a cheese dipping sauce. That was really outstanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's the, uh, the cheaper pretzel, which is like three dollars, which comes with like a bucket of salt on top of it. Uh huh. Um, mm-hmm. Well, we did get the souvenir cup, which uh, we described as a bucket of Pepsi. Mm-hmm. It, it, uh, it, indeed, it was. Indeed, it was. The, I think one of the nicest surprises was the quality of the dipping dots served in the souvenir um, Royals mini batting helmet. Yes. Yes. Which I had the. I think you had the cookie dough. I had the cookie dough, and and you, I believe, had the rainbow sherbet. Yes, it was it was delightful, and we we enjoyed yes. the standing right there behind the fountains in a great that whole outdoor area was just huge. You know, the outfield area behind yes. the outfield was it's just huge. There's if you had yes. kids, there was a million things to do. There's miniature golf. There's a tiny baseball field. There was a ice cream store. There's a Dippin' Dots place. There was even a place that was just a lounge of couches to sit down and watch the game. Um, yes. there was a Nike store. There was a hat store. There was like the, the Royals hall of fame was back there. Uh, there was a bar. I mean, it just, everything was there. there was, and you was, were on the back side of the scoreboard. So you're looking at the massive Royals logo with the 1985 and 2015 world championship banner. Right. And, and this is that weird right part where when you look at it from the interstate, it appears that scoreboard is right there next to it. Mm-hmm. But when you're actually there, you're mm-hmm. a good distance from the interstate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It's just that 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 uh, that scoreboard is is so big. Um, I think that the first pretzel we had there, that Bavarian one, was probably one of the finer soft pretzels um, I, I've ever enjoyed at a game. I, yes, I would definitely give it a ten. I would give, um, like, you know, the bucket of Pepsi was a bit much. Uh, but you know, it's a bucket of Pepsi, so you're going to get what you're going to get. Did would we say that was the 512 ounce, 512 <laughs> fluid ounces? Of it Pepsi? seemed like it. Oh. And it wasn't, it was weird. It wasn't cheap. Like, so the bucket of Pepsi and the Bavarian pretzel, $19. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The next night we get the regular pretzel and the regular drink. I, I get a drink. I, I get our two drinks, two pretzels. It's like. 12 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you, you pay for the quality without question. That's true. Without question. So, so uh, we, we had experience in uh, – the only thing that was weird, the, the, there were plenty of merchandise stores. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think the thing that Scott and I experienced was we both simply wanted like a plain – I wanted a plain blue Royals hat. Mm-hmm. That wasn't wool, which seemed extremely hard to locate. Yes. Uh, in these stores, and I did find one finally in the first night, but it, we went to just about every store. Their main team store was really good. Um, I ended up getting a. I bought a hat and a T-shirt. Are you wearing your Royals hat right now, Scott? Um, no, I'm actually wearing my other hat that I, I do just it. recently wearing the Expos hat purchased. Yes, and and interestingly enough, I'm wearing it with the Chiefs t-shirt that I bought in the airport after you left. The red one? Yes. I did get the red Chiefs t-shirt. But I do want to say, I do want to say while we're talking about this, that um, I, hold on just a moment, I'm doing something awkward with my hat with, while wearing the headset. Um, 
I I think that we need to uh, try to look into getting a sponsorship from 47. That would be an excellent. Uh, uh... I, I think that's the one we really need to uh, to reach out to because we uh, want to say to the good folks at, at 47, we have been very much uh, impressed uh, with your product uh, over the course of the past, we'll say, two weeks. I have purchased two 47 hats, uh, one from on our trip to Kansas City uh, at the at the Royals home store. And then recently I located the classic red, white, and blue Montreal Expos fitted hat 47 that has the little uh, miniature version of the logos, ex, uh, the, lo- uh, the Expos logo on the back with the word Expos written underneath it, you know, uh, because that's kind of their tag is to have the mini logo on the back of the hat. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm very pleased with it. Very pleased. 47 brand makes makes now. I'm wearing a new era hat because I couldn't find what I was looking for. I do I do have a a navy Royals hat with a with a powder blue KC on it. Oh, that was one of the cool things too. We got to we finally did get to see the powder blues uh, yes. on the game on the 29th, which was was one of the better uniforms yes. in Major League Baseball. Um, so the merchandise stores were good. We had to do a little bit of hunting down to get the shirt you wanted, but um, they seem to be very helpful in trying to locate that shirt that you're looking for. They did. They did. Um, and, and I was very, very pleased with, with, with both the, both the selection because they did have a great selection. I could have gone with any number of shirts and been pleased. I just had my mind and my eye out for open for a particular one. And the customer service was just top notch, top notch. in that regard. I think that was nice. There seemed to be, the volume of merchandising stores made it so that not one merchandise store felt just jammed up with people. Yes, agreed. Which, which was nice. And then you and know, we go ahead. I was going to say, and that includes the home store, which you know was by far the biggest. Uh, right. I, I would say that it was probably worth four of the rest of the smaller stores. Uh, but you know, even in there, the movement was 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 really it, it was easy to navigate and i never felt like oh gosh i gotta get out of here there's just too many people yeah yeah no i never felt even in the smaller ones it didn't it never right it never felt like that you never felt rushed um right. didn't didn't uh, and i think in uh having been to seattle recently my my only my one of my few complaints about seattle which was an outstanding experience was that the the merchandise stores seemed really crowded yeah um and uh, just uh, Kansas City had more laid-back feel to it. So let's talk about our uh, – we took a st- stadium tour on um, on the 28th. Mm-hmm. And we purchased the VIP tour, which I think it said it was two hours. It was more like 90 minutes, which I feel like we totally got our money's worth. We had a great tour guide. His name was Mike. Yes. Uh, an, old, an older gentleman from Kansas City. where they t- He took us – the only place in the stadium we really couldn't go into was the actual Royals locker room. Mm-hmm. But uh, we were down there in the dugouts. We were in the press box. Um, we were. Um, we were in the press conference room. Um, yes. We went into the Diamond Club Lounge. We saw all of the VI, or at least a sampling of the VIP suites. We saw a lot of the when we when we did the press box. We also saw a lot of the production rooms for radio, television, etc. We went to the Royals Hall of Fame. We did go to the Royals Hall of Fame, which 
by the way, maybe we should come back to that because I, I, I was very impressed by that. That was a very, no, we can do it right now. That was an impressive uh, Hall of Fame. They had a lot of great, you know, the World Series trophies were in there. There were Cy Young Awards, MVP trophies. The, it was just a lot of great artifacts. Um, yes, and and there was some there was some good uh, educational material. They had this uh, this uh, big display of how a what what goes into making a baseball, and yeah. I, I took a picture of that and was able to bring it home and show it to my my kids, and they were just astounded at how much goes into the creation of a single baseball. It was it was very impressive. Uh, yeah, it was had, a, it was a. It, it was like a mini Cooperstown for just yeah, the Royals. It it truly was, and it, it was really just a a, a great a great experience. I, I can't say enough about it. They had uh, a display of bats, a display of gloves uh, mm-hmm. from you know dating way back. Uh, there was good information about how Kansas City uh, ended up with the Royals and 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 just all of the things that went into that. A lot about the Kaufman family. Uh, and and of course, our tour guide spoke a good bit about the Kaufman family and about yeah, I can't, how much. I, I can't I can't say enough about Mike. Mike was very knowledgeable yeah. about Kansas City, the Royals, the stadium. I think baseball in general. Okay, here there are two things that I. One of them was on this tour that I, two things with the Royals that I really don't agree with. And here's going to yeah. be one of them. Bo Jackson is not in their Hall of Fame. Yeah. And Mike said it's because. He would didn't play there long enough. I don't care how long Bo Jackson played in Kansas yeah. City. He's Bo Jackson. He's Bo Jackson. He made a That's significant right. impact in by seeing that you know, and and, and Dan Quisenberry was a great reliever. Yeah. Uh, and he's he's in the Royals Hall of Fame. Uh, no one's buying a Dan Quisenberry T-shirt. Correct. No one's buying a Brett Saberhagen shirt. Nobody had a Nike campaign that was as iconic as his, save perhaps Michael Jordan. Bo Jackson should be in the Royals Hall of Fame. And when I think of, you know, we think of him breaking the bat over his knee, Mm -hmm. massive home runs in the All-Star game, running up the wall in Baltimore. Like, those all things happened as a Royal. Um, And I hope, hopefully they will put him in there. I just, I just can't see keeping him out. I, and I just don't uh, understand why he isn't already. Yeah, no, he should he should be in there. Um, but that was one, I'll, and I'll get back to the other one later. But I thought the stadium tour was for ninety minutes. It was really it was really thorough. Uh, I enjoyed our, our our friends from Cleveland that were with us. They're on the tour yes. that were very yes. disgruntled by their experience in St. Louis the night before. Yes, yeah, uh, they seemed in general just disgruntled. Yes, they, they, like, they, they also seem to be disgruntled with Cleveland. Yeah, so, and the, and the heat, the current heat situation in Kansas mm-hmm, City. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was the the tour was great. Um, oh, I lost my train of thought there for a second. I thought it was the the right uh, length amount of time. Um, yeah, I just have I have no complaints there. Oh, I know what I want to say was I really thought so Scott and I we we had the VIP tour, which was which meant that there was. Uh, uh, what like there's like six of us. It was supposed to be like I think I think it was like ten dollars extra. Anyway, they gave us a, a really cool Kaufman Stadium pin. Yes, that you only got if you went on the tour. And to me, that right. was that, that was worth the extra money right there. Absolutely, absolutely. 
I, uh, I really appreciated that, um, that aspect of it. Uh, I enjoyed being in the dugout. Um, it was pretty cool. Uh, so there was a, uh, they showed us, you know, right before and, 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 you know, you see, when you, when you're watching a game televised, you know, you see the dugout and you see the door that leaves the dugout, but you don't see where that goes. Yeah. And so you go down a step and you're, and, and you're facing the door to the training room, which was filled with like, it's this metal door and it's filled with all of these dents and knots and slashes and gashes. And Mike told us that that is from frustrated players, pitchers, batters, whatever, coming in after disappointing outings or experiences on the field and just banging that door with bats, gloves, well, fists. I was also surprised. So we're like, yeah, when you, you left the dugout, the middle section, like you're going back, mm-hmm. that was pretty much straight ahead. And there was like a throwing area behind that too. But what, yeah. what I didn't know was there was a bathroom right there for the players too. Yes. I always thought it was a, a much further walk than that. Yeah. Yeah. So here's my – I guess I'll throw this in now. Here's my thing I would say about the other thing I would disagree with Kansas City. So they're 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 going to build a new stadium in Kansas City, which – do, do we which, need to talk about – I don't know if I can talk about this. Which, A, I think is completely unnecessary because I think Kauffman Stadium is, is an absolute A+. Plus, plus uh, this is what I wanted to say. It's probably one of the more welcoming, welcoming stadiums. You're certainly welcome at, like, Wrigley Field. Mm-hmm. But it felt like in Kansas City, even on the just the tour, like they were just so happy to have you there. Yeah. And they and they were concerned that you were having a good experience there. Mm-hmm. So not only was it welcoming, they just were like they really wanted to make sure that you felt good about your experience there. Mm-hmm. And and it, and it wasn't about a business thing. It was about just a sense of pride. But um, I think one of the you know, so they want to build. I'm going to go off a little bit of a rant here. So they want to build a stadium in downtown Kansas City, which is it's probably ten miles north, mm-hmm. seven miles. Oh, it's I, it, yeah, I would say it's, ten. It's got to be not, ten. It's not close to where this is. Right. Um. So, and I think if they do that, number one, you take away the parking. Mm-hmm. But, but what I really think that I like about Kauffman Stadium that I didn't realize was that because it's kind of in the middle of nowhere, for lack of a better word, there's a ton of open space which actually kind of matched where you were in the Midwest, right? You're in a place that's yeah. really open a lot of space. So that gave it a good sense of where you are. So to put it in downtown Kansas City, to me, would take away from that kind of Midwestern open space thing. Mm-hmm. And, and and I'll go back to my own experiences with uh, being a big, huge Braves fan uh, and, and having seen so many games at Turner Field over the years. Um, Turner Field was located close, very close to downtown Atlanta because it was built there for the Olympics and then modified for baseball. Mm-hmm. You did have a great skyline view of downtown Atlanta. However, mm-hmm. one of the main problems with that was that Turner Field was notoriously horrible for getting in and out of. Mm-hmm. And there, were, there was never – Turner Field never had the parking, spa- parking capacity to match the stadium capacity. Based on drawings I've seen, I have no idea where they're putting this parking in Kansas City. That's that's number one. But like I, I love what the Braves did. I was against it at first, and they moved out of downtown. They moved to Cobb County. What they did was they they built 
they build the stadium at, at the intersection of 85 and 75, which seems like it's going to be a crowded space. But they somehow managed to do was they built the new Brave Stadium at a point that it is surrounded by parking lots that are easy to get to. And not only that, because it wasn't close to downtown, they built what they call the Battery, which essentially is a, a, a mini downtown as an extension of the stadium, which has hotels and restaurants and stores. I don't see why you couldn't just add that kind of thing to Kauffman Stadium. Yes, because and, there and, is there is seemingly land galore surrounding this place. And I don't – and yeah. with everything else being so good, the seats being great. And one of the things that we kept talking about was like we couldn't believe how easy it was to get around Kauffman Stadium. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Walking from the lower deck to the upper deck, just walking from like home plate to the outfield. Um mm-hmm. It was I like mean, what would minutes. you say? Would you, yeah, I was going to say, would you say it was five minutes from, from, it, from home plate to the exact opposite position in the outfield? I'll say five minutes. Yeah, I would too. And, that's, and even, I was, even amidst the crowd. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, in Turner Field in Atlanta, that was like a 15 to 20-minute walk. Mm-hmm. Because part of it was poor design. <laughs> it was yeah. part of it. Right. But, uh, but this was just so well laid out. And I, I just I, – I hate to see them – just go for this this kind of almost downtown cosmopolitan experience that mm-hmm. I, I you know don't take away the but western experience from this I, you know I, I don't see myself i'm not going to be going back to Kate, kansas city frequently to vacation there because there's not a lot there and i'm right. not saying it's not a nice city and the people aren't great but i'll go back to coffin stadium again and certainly yeah. if they do move i want to see more games there but i just think it's such a it's such a treasure that i, I don't know why um you'd want to give that up I would go so that of the baseball stadiums that I've visited, and I think that between you and I, we have covered most of the baseball stadiums in in the major leagues. Um, uh, I would definitely put it in the top five. Uh, I I I think that I probably more than once made the statement over the course of our trip there, and since I've been back, that it was my favorite baseball stadium that I've experienced, period. It it was really good. I, I really liked I just for me the Dodger Stadium is hard to beat. Not but when I was at Dodger Stadium I didn't get a chance to really walk around. Right. Um I, I walked all over Wrigley Field, which I thought was really nice, but Wrigley has its challenges of getting around. Agreed. Uh I don't think Camden Yards has the charm of Kauffman Stadium. Um I don't I'd like agree the, with that. Nationals Ballpark seems generic. I do like the Braves' new stadium. Uh, mm-hmm. I do like um, the Philly Stadium. I think is really good. And I was I'd been to Old Yankee Stadium. Um, I'm trying to think where else I'd been. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is 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 really really cool. Um, but I think it holds up well against anything. I mean, if 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 the the gold standard is Wrigley, man, it's not far from that. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, and and maybe just because it's the Royals and they haven't been around as long as as the Red Sox and the the Cubs and the Dodgers, um, I think they said it was the fourth oldest stadium in Major League Baseball. But uh, man, it shouldn't be overlooked. And I, and I had been just a week prior. I've been mentioning this. I was in Seattle uh, where they just had the All Star Game, and that stadium was great. I would also give that rating of an A, but it it didn't quite have that. Um, that little something special that Kauffman Stadium had. Yeah. Where it did, it did feel back. Like, you know, it felt in a good way. Like, 
in a good way, you felt like you were back in the 70s uh, in some ways, just being in that stadium. And maybe it was just the shape of the design, which seemed to kind of be kind of almost match the shape of Arrowhead, which is kind of yeah. neat when you saw them side by side. Yeah. Um, and, and, and just so just for you listeners who have never been there, they are I mean, it would not be much of an exaggeration to say that they are a stone's throw away from each other. Yeah, the only thing I can compare it to that I've seen is, is you know, in Philadelphia, Citizens Bank Park is next to the link where the Eagles play, which is next to the stadium where the Sixers and Flyers play, which I think that's a great idea. I agree. To build. And, and the way the Phillies ballpark is positioned, it's not in downtown, but you can see it off in the distance from the stadium. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's still pretty cool. Um, which, which, but, you know, I think, you know, when, when you, when you design a, a public park for people nowadays, you know, you put in your soccer fields and complex and your, you know, sand volleyball court and your playground for the little kids and your, I guess now your pickleball courts or whatever, you know, just think bigger scale, you know, when you're building, when, when, when you're building professional sports franchises, put them all together. That is a fantastic thing. Not only does it make for convenience and, and, and uh, gives you some flexibility in what to build up around it, but it also creates, I feel like, a more loyal and diverse fan base. You could, you could feel the connection between the Royals and the Chiefs, and the even Chiefs. though it wasn't football. Yeah. Because it was, it was right there. And I, I remember in Pittsburgh that uh, you know, with, with Penguins Arena is not right there, but but Heinz Field and PNC Park are, are fairly close to one another, right? Um, right. Which is which is really nice too. It's it's cool because you, you're right. It's a good sense of the the civic pride that they're all just right there instead of just spread out. Uh, I mean, did, across, did you feel a there. little? Did you feel a little bit of the spirit of the Kansas City Kings while you were there? <laughs> 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 Sorry, I had to I had to throw that in there. But what's uh, crazy is the, the Kings played there until like '85. I know. We've talked which about is, this. Which I, I feel like they've been in Sacramento for like a hundred years. Yeah. Yeah. So uh so we're we're at, we're closing in on the fifty minute mark. Um Okay. And so how how are we doing with our with our with our list? Are we is this gonna be a two episode deal? No, no, no. no. I we... think I think we can knock out these final things here. Um okay. I think uh, in terms of the fans of Kansas City, um we would we would agree on the one thing that we'd agree on was they weren't very loud. Uh, they were not, except for Lee Greenwood. When Lee Greenwood played, <laughs> when it was salute your service time, they got loud, but not yeah. a not a raucous like not like seeing a game in Philly or Atlanta. Uh, right. I think Atlanta is one of the louder places. Um, yeah, it, it didn't. The fan and I don't. We don't know if that was you know, is that Samad Taylor's fault? Could be. <laughs> We made it over 50 minutes into the podcast with before Samad Taylor's name was mentioned. <laughs> you know what's going to happen. Yes, so, I did. While while very friendly people, I don't have anything. Um, you know, some some places you do go and you, you feel that the fans can be abrasive or just kind of rude. But yeah, I, I didn't, no, they were I didn't get, they were perfectly pleasant. Yeah, perfectly pleasant uh, people to be around. I I, w- I would say this. I, I would say this to the Kansas City fans, for all of them that are listening, as I'm sure they were, waiting with great anticipation to hear our review of Kauffman Stadium and our ex- Kansas City experience. Uh, don't let them move your stadium. Don't let them tear yeah. down what you have. I, I would say a, the same thing. Don't you yeah. know? Fight fight for that stadium. Keep it where yep. it is. Put yep. the money in 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 renovating whatever you need yeah. to. 
Yeah. Because because it's a it's a really it, it it's it's become I think it's been there long enough now where you know I think in if they stay there in in just a couple more decades it is Wrigley Field. Yeah. It's and well, it, yeah. It, it, I already it is feel Fenway. like it's, so so you said you think it's the fourth oldest. So it, obviously Fenway Wrigley Dodger Stadium would that be Dodger the Stadium, other one? Yeah. Yep. That's older. Okay. And everything else is is it, it's older then. Is is right. is what you're contending? Okay. That's what I'm contending. Okay, I'll, I'll I won't I won't dispute that because I can't think of anything off the top of my head that's not. Um, uh, I don't know what uh, how old Oakland Stadium is, which they're about to probably that's probably be done away with. But uh, everybody else, I feel like, has a newer stadium. Yeah, um, Oakland. You said it right about Oakland. It's a stadium. It's not a ballpark at all. Yeah, yeah. I don't, and I also don't know about how old are. Uh, certainly, I guess uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul that's, is that's is like newer. Only, that's not even ten years old. Oh, really? Okay. What yeah, about Detroit? Yeah. When's the last, When did they build uh, their stadium? Maybe early two thousands. Okay. So yeah, there's nobody else that I can think of that doesn't have a a newer. Yeah, a newer I stadium. think I think they're missing the mark by thinking we need a new updated stadium yeah. downtown. And and based on the yeah. people that we spoke to. Um, the people on the tour and the people in Ubers that we spoke to, they were, they all were against a downtown stadium. Yes. Uh, they, they didn't see any need for it. So let's yeah. talk about, to close this out in the last, last uh, eight minutes here, let's talk about our two other excursions. We'll start with we uh, on our first day there. Uh, before we even saw our first game, we went to the Negro League Museum in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell, us, tell us your thoughts, Scott. I know you're a, you're a historian and you're a huge fan of the experience. Yes, I was, and and I will say that the one thing that I really so a lot of a lot of information, ton of information in there, and sometimes I struggle in museums. Uh, I think you and I talked about this a little bit uh, during during our, our our trip, is because I want to take the time to see and read all of the things, and the the Negro League Museum had so much to read. So much. Uh, there were times when I would get, I would find myself starting to read and get engrossed in something, and you would be nowhere in sight anymore uh, <laughs> because you you had moved so so far ahead. But there was a lot of information. I learned a lot of things that uh, that I didn't know. Um, but uh, the thing that impressed me the most was in the stadium they had. In the stadium, in the museum, they had a miniature like baseball field with these bronze bronze statues of, uh, you know, iconic, important uh, Hall of Fame type uh, Negro League players over the course of the history of the Negro Leagues that um, and they had one for every position. And so they're all like positioned where they would be playing. Uh, in the field, you know, uh, obviously Satchel Paige, who's probably the most famous uh, of of the Negro League players, uh, but it was really cool. I took a bunch of a bunch of pictures of that, and it uh, it just it really really impressed me. Uh, just the whole experience there. I wanted to bring up um, Josh Gibson. Uh, I, I read a lot about him during this, and he was not somebody that I was 
I, I had probably heard the name because I'm, you know, you and I are base, both baseball nuts from way back. Um, I had probably heard the name, uh, but he was a catcher in the Negro Leagues, and he hit uh, close to 900 home runs over the course of his career. Wow. And nobody talks about that. Um, it, it just, just all really, really... Uh, just, just a well done experience. I wish there was some way, you know, the nature of a podcast is such that we don't have any video, but I would love to, you know, to share the, the, the pictures that I took of, of the, uh, of the little mini, mini field that they had there. What, how about you? What yeah, are your impressions the, of the, uh, of the stadium? There was or a lot the stadium, of the museum. <laughs> For me, there's a lot stadium. of, a lot of stuff to read. Yes. Uh, which that doesn't, that doesn't do a whole lot for me, uh, just reading stuff. I do like seeing actual artifacts. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I, but I think the further we went into it, and you would start to see more artifacts with the description. And then especially, the, the ending was really dramatic with that indoor field uh, and the statues. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just thought it was a really good... That, that's the part, like, a museum's got to have that memorable spot that like, oh yeah, this is what it, you know, this is the spot where I know I'm in this museum. This is the spot where it all comes together. And it, it did come together. It was a nice progression of the background, the things the players went through, um, even seeing like what their accommodations would look like, where they would get their haircut, transition mm-hmm. to uniforms, yeah. and then you're, then you're on the field. So I would say it was a very nice, uh, very nice transition. I, I would say the customer service was lacking yeah. Uh, the, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Uh, there wasn't much of that there, but um, it was a, it was a very nice, it was a very well done museum. Um, certainly, um, would love to see more money go into that, mm-hmm. um, and and even get a bigger space or or add on to that. Right. Um, yeah. W- would be would be great because it deserves it deserves more than to be tucked away in just that little. It deserves more than to be split into a space with a, a jazz museum, right? And probably if we knew more about jazz, we'd say that jazz deserves more space than that. But just just across a, a, a kind of a, a open area, there's another museum. But I, but I think you could, I think you really could make this, uh, expand this, um, to to tell the story even more. So my takeaway there is that you feel like our next podcast should not be about jazz music. Specifically, that's what I'm saying. Okay. You were saying all that to say we don't need to talk about jazz music. Okay. Okay. Now let's so, talk about the now. Yes. Now more than that, I, I did not. Um, the next one I really didn't expect to be as as and really this this kind of shows what you can do when you have the money, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when you have history and money, you can really tell a story. Yes. And mm-hmm. what the the Negro Leagues have is they have the history. Mm-hmm. But they don't nece- doesn't necessarily have the financial backing because right. when you go and then Trent you take that experience compared to the Harry S Truman Library, mm-hmm. where wow that was amazing. I mean the mm-hmm. the the artifacts in there, the way they told his story from being a young child through his um, vice presidency through his presidency, you know, to seeing things like the the Bible he was sworn in with the hat mm-hmm. his wife was wearing in a famous picture where he's sworn in after Roosevelt dies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they had a very, uh, that, 
they really in a in a, in a um, and it's hard to do to because the atomic bomb defines so much of his presidency to have a space for that. And mm-hmm. and it's so nice to see it's not a space where we're celebrating that. It's a space of saying this is what it is. This is yeah. why it was done. What do you think? What's your opinion? Yeah. And and there were several instances there where you could write down what you thought. Right. Um, yeah. And I thought that you know there's that my favorite section. Remember, I sat down there for a while. Was the are you a spy or not? The whole Red Scare section. Right. Yeah. I thought was 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 really cool. His um. You know, they had a, a mock-up of the Oval Office he was in um, and other things that were in the White House, uh, his actual office there at the library. And I was the thing that just blew me away was this him and his wife just moved back. They took a train from D.C. to Independence, Missouri, mm-hmm. and they just resumed their normal lives. Yeah, yeah. Without and, secret, and, with no Secret Service. And, and the, the, so the office, the office there uh, in in of the of the library that is was his office and that the fact that it was left virtually intact the way he left it after his last day of coming to work there Uh, and he was and which by the way he was putting in nine to five days at this you know presidential library it was just and 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 it said that he frequently and, and you may have already said this i just didn't catch it but he frequently gave tours himself Yes. Of the library, yeah, yeah. which is just fantastic. Yeah. Also, we also learned that a presidential library is not like a standard public library. It is only a library in the sense that it houses the personal papers and effects, etc., of whichever president uh, we're talking about. Uh, so, if you go to the Nixon Library or the Reagan Library or the, you know whatever, uh, whomever library, it will be not a place where you can go and check out a copy of, you know, the latest Harry Potter book, but it'll be a place where you can do research and look into uh, the effects, the personal papers and effects and, and, and public papers and effects of that particular president during his time in office. I feel like the, the Negro leagues deserves the same type of financial backing and storytelling. Like if mm-hmm. I can, if I can go in there and I, I knew relatively little of Harry Truman and I came out of there excited about Harry Truman mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and really, you know, especially like just the simple things like the, the a good portion of that museum is spent just as a relationship with Israel and what's mm-hmm. going on with the founding of that country. Right. Um, and they, you know, they broke things up in such cool segments. And if, if the Negro league museum could do that with more money, make it more interactive. Mm-hmm. You could see when you were there, you could see the enthusiasm for the people at that museum. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just, they just seem to want more. Right. And yeah. so if you could take, take what you've captured there in that final field setting, when you leave mm-hmm. and put more of that into the museum. And I don't know where that money's coming from. Maybe, maybe the baseball could step up and contribute more. Um, Agreed. Yeah. But, but that if, I, I wish it had that because I think it, I think it's there. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I think it wants, it wants to, it wants to tell its story so bad. Um, and, and, it's, it's, and, 
Yeah, and that's where it needs to be. It needs to be in Kansas City based on the history of the Kansas City Monarchs, which were yeah. the the team. They would be, I guess, would, would it be reasonable to say they are the Yankees of the of the Negro Leagues? Yeah, yeah um, absolutely. And, uh, you know, most of the most of in the leagues at one point or another, including Jackie Robinson, uh, played for the Kansas City Monarchs at one time or another. Satchel Page, you know, all of those guys. So, um, all right. So we are we're we're nearing the, our, the end of our mark, Steve. So uh, overall, your ratings of Kansas City and the experience there, uh, what would you what would you what would you say? I'd say for everything we did, I'm not gonna because we didn't explore Kansas City downtown itself. I'm gonna rate mm-hmm. just our experiences, which I would give I would give our experiences definitely the whole experience an A. Um, yes, every, everything was everything was good that we did. I would love to see more money and resources poured into the to the Negro League Museum. Mm-hmm. Um, Harry S. Truman Library. Wow, I mean that's just they're they're bringing to life a man who hasn't been president for seventy or eighty years. And yes. uh, really, really puts you in that history mm-hmm. uh, and gets you excited about it uh, yep. and gets you thinking about things, too. Um, mm-hmm. Kauffman Stadium is the place I always wanted to go based on what I saw on TV. It just looked like a really cool place to watch baseball. And, man, it was it was far beyond what I what I thought it would be. It was mm-hmm. so much even better uh, mm-hmm. than I hoped. And I, I enjoyed I was glad we got to see three games there. And if they are going to build a stadium downtown, I, I want to go back before they close down Kaufman. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, I also will give it an A, uh, you know, the, the, the few criticisms that I would have of the whole thing. The only, I mean, the big major one is, you know, don't get rid of that stadium. Uh, I, I don't know. That's a criticism as much as just a, uh, a, a heartfelt piece of advice the any any negatives that i had were just like one-offs you know like a very odd uber driver or a <laughs> you know uh my uh the the bucket of pepsi was just slightly too big uh let's you know, let's, let's remind our listeners do not ask your uber driver what the craziest thing he ever yes. saw in their car don't ask yes. them that just don't, don't ask not, that question we're do not going any further an than uber that driver Yes. Not a question Agreed. you want answered. Right. That is absolutely true because they will tell you the truth. And yes. it you can't unhear it once it's been heard. So uh, but, you know, other than that, you know, everything was was excellent. Uh, we also say also say, Steve, the night we we had probably the most perfect experience that we could have. And I use the word perfect, not lightly, because the one night that we came home when we left the, the blowout game early left in the eighth inning, got our ride back to the hotel. We were, we were able to watch the last three or four innings of the perfect game that was, that was pitched, uh, at, uh, at Oakland that night by, uh, Domingo German. So that was awesome too. So experience that together. Uh, so we saw home base, we saw, uh, live, we saw home base stolen live. We saw a perfect game thrown televised. Uh, we, we, really had just a great great experience in kansas city and of course uh the two of us being together was uh was certainly uh all that lived up to all the hype as well so it was a great 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 time and i look forward to our next adventure which we are already in discussions on yeah Uh, so so maybe this is we're talking i'm just going to tease our listeners with this is we're discussing a uh, a Uh multi-city multi-stadium tour 
Mm-hmm. And yes. and by multi, we're going to say more than three. Yes. Yes. But here's here's the one thing I would say, Scott, is that if, if seriously, if anyone's listening to this and they are thinking about traveling to Kansas City, based on the the distance of things, I would mm-hmm. recommend renting a car. Uh, I would agree going, with that as well. Going with Ubers. Uh, I thought yeah. things would be close together. Um, so that's my my only thing I would say that I would have done differently. But yeah, it was, it was and, a great and, trip. And if, if, if you're a person that's concerned about driving in an unfamiliar place, it is easily easy to navigate. Uh, at yeah. least that was my observation. And as long as you avoid those standard rush hour times, you're not going to hit any serious traffic. The only time we had traffic trouble was when we were – uh, I guess it was when we were headed to the airport close to rush hour and, and there was some sl- slowdowns or maybe it was a different time. I, I may be getting misremembering that, but, uh, but yeah, just a great, great overall experience. Highly recommend it. And uh, unless you have anything else that you want to add, I believe it's time to close out with our Mike Schmidt trivia question. All right, go ahead. All right. So Mike played for two minor league teams before being called up to the majors in 1972. Can you name both of those teams? Is one of them Redding? It is. What, and the mascot of, of Redding is? They, they, well, they're now they're called the Fightins. Uh-huh. What, what uh, I think they, they were the, I think they're the Redding Phillies, right? They were, that is correct. But what was the other one? Where this was is, he right before he came to play for the Phillies and never leave until he retired? I, I, I can give a, I can give a list of all right. So I don't think they were in Scranton at that point. Were they in Scranton? No, I mean they may have been, but that's not okay. where he played. Yeah, because they well they had they had I think before Scranton the AAA team was in Maine. And they were called the Maine Glides, but I don't think he played in Maine. Did not. Uh, it could have been Batavia, New York, uh, but they don't have a team there anymore. They used to have a team in Spartanburg, South Carolina. I don't even remember the Spartanburg Phillies would have been around when you were growing up. I'm going to tell you something right now. If I have not made my feelings about Spartanburg clear by this point, <laughs> I don't know if you're going to get that into your head. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what we're going to do. So, so uh, we'll move on from that. So I'm going to go ahead and give you a little bit of a hint. You're so, not even on but, the. You're not. You're not even on the right what, coast. What, what you're saying is, is Greenville is Chick Fil A, and and uh, and Spartanburg is, is Arby's. No, no, no. I would no. Greenville is Chick Fil A, and Spartanburg is the dumpster behind it. <laughs> I would, How about that? I would hate to see what you'd say about Gaffney. Uh, Gaffney's, Gaffney's got the peach. I can't, I can't say, say anything negative about Gaffney. <laughs> so. I, I'm trying to think. It would have to have been a Phillies team, and I'm going through all the minor league teams that, that I knew of. Well, did you um, hear me say you're not even on the right coast? Oh, wow. Um, boy, I have no idea. The Eugene Emeralds. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Played 131 games for them in 1972 before being called up to the Phillies to play 13 games in the 1972 why, season. Why did it take so long 
for Major League Baseball and Minor League Baseball to figure out, like, yeah, the Braves minor league team now, the AAA team, is is just on the other side of Atlanta, right? Yeah. Well, and I mean, like, but it, not everybody's figured that out yet because Boston's is in Greenville. <laughs> right. And when yeah. I, well, is that AAA? Um, now, they have the Pawtucket no. is Boston's. That's, and that's yeah. fairly close, right? Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, I, I, and I, I get. I, so you're you're main, you're mainly meaning AAA, right? Yeah, like it, yeah. it makes sense that it should be close because yeah. the Phillies. I mean, at one point their AAA team was the Maine Glides. Yeah. So if you called a player up, they had to come all the way from Maine. Yeah. Yeah. And they they may have been Augusta at that in Augusta, Maine. Yeah. Like it was it was not an easy uh, yeah. easy trek, but now yeah. it's you know the the Phillies their AAA team is in uh, it's in Lehigh Valley. Uh, which is like Bethlehem, Allentown kind of area. Yeah, yeah. Well, so you, I, I'll say you got one out of two. So that that, that was pretty good. I'm 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 impressed. Um, I also want to say, just on a closing note, the closer for the Royals that we saw blow that uh, that save in uh, on uh, the first night there, Scott Barlow. Barlow is his last name. I knew it was Scott. I... And and uh, and Samad Taylor was. Uh... After the next series was demoted back to the minors, and in this first game he promptly stole four bases, yes, and had like three hits, yes, yeah, good stuff all the way around. Nothing, nothing, nothing else you can say about it. I, I so really, truly, fantastic trip. Uh, I am so glad that we were able to get together and do that, and I am looking. So very forward to our next uh, adventure together as soon yeah, as Yeah, and, and the uh, the MLB place. schedules actually were released today, so we can actually start looking at uh, uh, dates for that. Awesome. Awesome. Well, folks, uh, from all of us to all of you, uh, we appreciate your time, your listening, and good night, and have a pleasant tomorrow. We'll see you in the Nexus next time. Amen. (laughs) Good night. Good night.